Hi, welcome to the first episode of The Mushroom. I want this podcast to be um, what I was sort of pitching it to my friends as uh, bootleg therapy for the emerging adult. That being said, this isn't a therapy disclaimer, uh, so I don't get sued. This isn't therapy. What I want this podcast to be is just simply discussions and conversations about getting through your early 20s from people who are currently going through it right now. It's going to be a safe space where you can come to feel like you're not alone because everyone's going through shit right now. And it might be different shit, but all in all, we're all going through shit. I feel like there's a gap in the podcast world for this sort of thing. And I am the type of person that likes to talk things out. And I like to listen to conversational podcasts myself. So I feel like I would benefit from this kind of thing, and maybe you would too. I want to take this first episode um, as sort of an intro, or an introduction to me in my current life, and I keep putting off recording this because I want, or I was telling myself like I'm not feeling up for it today. But that's what I want this podcast to be, right? I want it to be as I'm going through it. And that's the point, right? There's so many podcasts of people who are older, who have been through stuff, giving advice. Okay, but it's so easy to hear the advice and like, you know, it's good advice, but it's so hard to believe it when you're in the moment. That's sort of what I'm feeling. And maybe you just want to commiserate with me then there will be a lot of that or you can sort of hear from my perspective and maybe you'll relate about how I'm going through dealing with it my thought process I think obviously when you're sad you listen to sad music okay so what about those of us who gravitate to podcasts right um not not trying to say that this is going to be a sad podcast, but I want something relatable and that kind of thing doesn't exist. So here we go. This is going to be it. You're welcome. (laughs) So what led to me starting this or thinking about starting this is a breaking point. We've all had one and I recently started seeing a therapist because of the breaking point that I had in my life. And she specializes in helping people in emerging adulthood. Basically people in their teens and early 20s. Because this part of your life is a huge transition into becoming an adult. And basically the analogy she gave me was that you're a caterpillar, right? As a kid, as a teen, you're a caterpillar. And what does a caterpillar do? It goes into its cocoon and disintegrates into mush before it rebuilds itself into a butterfly. And then the butterfly gets too big for its cocoon and has to finally come out and emerge and then be the beautiful adult butterfly that it is. 
I told this analogy to my friends, and they completely related. They said, yeah, I feel like I am mush right now. I am disintegrating, and that's why we're going to be here in the mushroom, and we're going to talk about it. So obviously, I had a breaking point, like I mentioned. And I want to talk about this breaking point as the first episode of the podcast to introduce myself to you and give backstory for why this even exists. So about two and a half weeks ago, two to to three weeks ago, I had a very significant breakup. And I was broken up with, and that ended a two and a half year relationship that I had with my boyfriend at the time. We had started dating in our third year of university, and just now, as we're both finishing our first year of our master's, he decided that he didn't love me anymore. And that he had been falling out of love with me for a while. And that he thinks that it's best if we break up. And I gotta say, it was not fun. It was not fun. I had trusted him with my life. I, and I don't, I don't say that lightly. I think from my perspective, we were best friends for two and a half years. I texted him all day, every day. Well, we texted each other. It was one of those relationships where you, where you're each other's person, or at least from my perspective. And I told him everything. It felt like he told me everything. And he did, except for the problems that he had with me in our relationship. He was not very emotionally available. Or I guess he wasn't vulnerable as much as I wanted him to be with me. It felt like he... um, He kept that part of himself hidden from even himself. And he, a week before he broke up with me, he told me out of the blue that he needed time to think for himself and time to figure out who he is and what that means for our relationship because he doesn't know who he is. And obviously I was shocked because how do you go from talking to someone every day and telling them that you love them and that what you have is permanent as far as he's concerned and that he loves you and he trusts you and blah, 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 to suddenly not being sure and needing time, quote unquote. So I asked how long is it going to take? And obviously I'm paraphrasing because this was like a huge deal. But 
yeah, I asked um, how long it would take for him to think and need space from me. And he said, I don't know, a few days, a week, two weeks. So I said, okay, fine. Like whatever it takes to save the relationship. Um, I reached out a couple days in to ask if he was okay. Maybe he was going through a depressive episode and he was pushing me away even though he wanted me there. And he was just super cold and distant and we felt like strangers already. And that didn't put a good taste in my mouth. It felt like he was already preparing to distance and preparing to break up with me. That led to me overthinking a lot and I felt trapped because I couldn't do anything about it. All I had to do was wait and give him the time that he needed to think. And so that's when I scheduled my first therapy session and it was amazing. And let me tell you, if you are considering going to therapy, if it is possible for you, I know that the medical system um, doesn't make it easy and doesn't um, cover it uh, in most insurance plans. I know, I think it should be, but that's a topic for another day. Um, if you have the ability to go to therapy and if you are on the fence about it let me tell you that the hardest thing is scheduling that first appointment but once you do that you feel so free and it is worth it anyway i had my first therapy session and it made me feel a lot better and I got through the rest of that week without re reaching out to him and letting him think. And he got back to me after a little bit over a week, eight days. And he asked if I was free. And we went for a drive and we parked in the mall parking lot. And he said... I think you already know what I'm going to say. And that's when I, I've never, or maybe I have, but I, it was never this significant. I never felt physically as much as this, the sensation of my heart just dropping into my stomach. Because he had made me feel so confident in our relationship that this would never happen, that he would never do this to me. And I know, like, looking back, I know it's, you may be thinking, if you've never been through a breakup like this, you may be thinking, well, that's stupid to believe that someone would never break up with you because people obviously do. People break up all the time. But... He was always so confident. Every time that I had doubts about our relationship, he would always, like, come back and tell me it was fine and we'll get through anything and that we're strong and we're, we love each other, we can get through anything and that he loves me and we can, we have the rest of our lives. 
Well, the rest of our lives ended that day. And my new life without him had to start. And it was fucking hard. I don't know if I should swear. It was so hard. And it still is. This was only three weeks ago. Not even. It was so hard to grasp the idea that he didn't want to be with me anymore. Like, we were in the car. We were laughing. Even as he he was breaking up with me. We were so friendly. I was like, how can he not see that we're meant to be if we are still so we get along so well he we get each other like no one knows me as well as he does and I don't think anyone knows him as well as I do he gave me a lot of reasons and I don't I think all of them are a little bit true and I don't think any of them is fully the reason but it was sort of inevitable looking back As much as I want to think that we were so good together, there was a lot of doubts. And I thought I was the only one having doubts, but he was too. And he just wouldn't tell me. It's like the typical, like, early life relationship where, and we're both 23, but this was our first serious relationship where we we were so close with each other's families and both sets of parents believed that we would be together and that we would get married and have kids and be happily ever after that it was that kind of relationship like i was there for two christmases one one easter because of covid um like grandma's birthdays mother's day father's day Halloween, Valentine's Day, like every every holiday, every family holiday, I was there and he was there. And all of a sudden it was all over. And it was I think mostly the most prominent reason was he had doubts and he was scared. And he had never dated much outside of like long-term relationships he kind of jumped from one to the other to the other he was never on dating apps he never tried to like you know just date around I guess and also like I was the first serious relationship and he just thought I guess and he told me this too so I'm not just assuming he said I don't think that what we have is that rare every time that you say that you believe what we have is rare I don't believe it and obviously that stung but I had always told him that I just want the truth from him no matter how brutal it is I would I'm the kind of person I would just want the truth and I as long as you commit to telling me the truth all the time I will not get angry about it because you can lie and I will be more devastated if you lie to me so he said I never believed that what we had was that rare every time that you said it 
and I'm I just truly think that I can have this with anybody I think I'm just that kind of person that's what he said to me and I was like I don't think so I truly don't think so but but if you believe that right now, like, what is me staying with you going to do, obviously? Like, I can't convince you otherwise by staying with you. You have to go out and you have to experience other relationships. And that part made sense to me. But then he said that he hasn't been single in a long time. He doesn't want to start dating anybody else exclusively. There was no one else, he said. Even though... I didn't fully believe that either. I, he had told me a couple days before that he had started texting with uh, an old high school friend, a girl. And he said it was all platonic, but when I asked to see the conversation, he would scroll really fast over it. And I was like, well, why why are you doing that? Because it looks suspicious when you do that. And he said, oh, because I know how your crazy mind is going to interpret things that are platonic. And I was like, you know what you're doing. I'm not stupid, but okay. I told him that it made me uncomfortable but I didn't want to be that kind of girlfriend who tells you not to text somebody. If they're your friend, I think that has to come from you. Anyway, he he said he didn't want to date after our breakup. He said he's going to take some time to be single. But when I suggested, like, oh, so you're going to, like, go on Tinder, he was like, oh, no, no, Tinder's not for me. I'm not a Tinder kind of guy. I was like, well, then how are you, how are you going to be single and like date around? How are you going to find people? You know, like bars are closed. It's COVID. Um, clubs are closed. Uh, you already know everybody in your lab, in your department, like, cause we're getting our masters. You're not going to meet new people in any other way. And he said, oh, kind of brushed it over it. Um, and then so we parted ways we were on good terms we even like hugged when he dropped me off at my house and i felt horrible obviously but i didn't hate him because to me it made sense right i mean it made sense in like a messed up way where yeah it wasn't fixable except for i kept thinking like if i had these doubts i would stay I would stay and I would fight and I, or at least I would have brought them up earlier before, before they got so big and I just held all these grudges towards him, but I couldn't, I couldn't hate him for it because he was just doing what was right for him, I guess, and for me in like a roundabout way, I don't know. So then fast forward, like, oh yeah, so we had also made plans to exchange each other's things um, and like maybe get lunch or something because we were on good terms, you know? And then fast forward like a week later, we get lunch 
we go and get Wendy's, we sit in the parking lot, we talk, it's fun, it's whatever. I told him I got on Tinder just to like get my spirits back up again, get some attention, you know, because I just feel rejected and cast aside and I just need like male attention again. And he was fine with it, or so he seemed. And we just talked and we laughed and then uh, he told me that he's still talking to that girl, the high school friend. And he said, oh, but don't worry, it's platonic. We're just talking and I'm trying to like make friends, make new friends and talk to people. And I've also reached out to, to male high school friends and I'm just trying to like build a new friend group. And I was like, okay, I don't fully believe that, but fine. And I asked him, like, I looked him straight in the face and I was like, tell me, just tell me, because you can tell me now and I, I'm not trying to get back together with you. Just tell me, is there somebody else? Is that why you broke up with me? Because I still couldn't piece together why you would let something go, something that you knew was so good. And he said, no there's nobody and I guess I believed him because I trusted that he would tell me the truth even post breakup and then we left again on good terms whatever I'll leave out the details but let's just say I got confirmation and pretty solid evidence that he was at that girl's house at least two times in the past week. The week that we broke up. After he told me that he wanted to be single for a while and not see anybody. And he kept saying that the breakup had nothing to do with her. Nothing to do with him seeing anybody else or wanting to pursue anybody else. He was at her house multiple times for hours. That can't be platonic. And so I texted him and I was angry and he kept denying it. And he said he was at his cousin's house. And I said, I know where your cousins live. I have been at every family function for the past two years. I know that they don't live there and he just kept denying it he was being very mean and I just kept like saying you said all this thing all these things to me what part was the truth because I don't even know anymore and then he said I felt myself falling out of love with you for months and I didn't see us building on top of what we already had, even though you saw a future or whatever. And even though you want to try harder and try and try again and try more, I just think some things are not meant to be. And I asked, okay, well then, what about when you said, like, we could still get back together? eventually that's what he told me when he broke up with me he said maybe at some point in the future we can get back together 
why would you say that if you don't see us building onto what we already have? And he said, well, after thinking about it, I don't think we can get back together. And I thought it was interesting, mostly because we were having this text fight while he was at our house. So I don't know how much of it was him being honest and how much of it was him saying things in front of her. Because I imagine if you're at someone's house and you're having a furious text conversation with your ex, they're going to ask what's up and they're probably going to want to see what's going on. I felt betrayed, obviously, and I felt hurt and I felt angry at him and I just didn't know how much of what we had was real at that point, how much of it was a lie because he just kept lying. And I thought that we had like a really solid relationship. I thought that we could get through anything because he kept every time every time that we had doubts or I had doubts he never had doubts or at least he never told me he always came back saying that we could get through it so I wrote a letter to his parents like right after we broke up before when we were still on good terms before I found out about the girl and it was just a letter thanking them for everything that they've done for me for the past two and a half years because they truly treated me like family and I wanted to thank them for everything and I sent them the letter over text and his mom texted me back a paragraph saying really sweet kind words and then ending it off with like maybe someday dot 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 as in like she still I don't know if she still has hope or if she wants to give me hope that one day we can get back together and I want to say like right now I want to say that I'm over him and I want to say that I don't think we'll ever get back together because of what he did to me but if I'm honest I I, I have hope you know I still have this like shred of hope inside of me that He's going to realize his mistake and he's going to text me one day and say, I'm sorry, baby, I love you. I want to get back together. And then at this point, at this point in my healing process, I know I would say yes, I would get back together with him in a heartbeat. But it would not be a good relationship because he hasn't changed and he's just going to be the way that he was and the way that he is now. I know him, even though he thinks that I don't. And I know that he's just angry right now and he's bitter and he's petty. But I know a part of him loved me. And right now I still have hope that that part will win, but I don't think it'll be soon, if I'm honest. And maybe in the future he'll grow up and realize what we had and maybe he'll reach out or maybe he'll just continue to be petty and maybe his pride will win in the end and maybe he'll never reach out again and hopefully by then I'll have found someone better (laughs) I hope yeah so that is 
the story of what happened to me. And now I want to give you the advice of what my therapist has said. I've had one session with her post-breakup, or post-official breakup. She tried to explain his thought process to me because I was um, mostly just, I felt blindsided and I wanted answers from him. So she tried to like provide me with some kind of explanation. And obviously it was stuff that I said already and stuff that I had thought already, but it was good to have confirmation from her that I was thinking probably on the right track. Um, obviously, yes, he was having doubts and it scared him to think that he could be with somebody for the rest of his life at such a young age and having to commit. He wanted to see other people and try other people out and see if he could find something better or if he could settle down with me and take all of my flaws and accept them and all of the flaws in our relationship or if he could find a better relationship and I've had those doubts too you know I understand that way of thinking because I had those kind of doubts but I always found comfort in the safety of having him and looking other places scared me my therapist said that this is good for me and I put a lot of my identity in him and it's good for me to to be out of that relationship because it wasn't sustainable and I need to find who I am on my own without a significant other so that I can just stand on my own two feet without him or anybody else because being dependent on someone I mean obviously like I have friends I have really really good friends I have a career I have family I have interests outside of him but I put so much of my self-worth into our relationship and what he thought of me and the fact that he loves me and he's willing to spend the rest of his life with me I was like okay well that means that I am worth it and looking back I wouldn't have admitted it at the time but looking back um it is true and I need to just go back to who I was when I was single last time I was single I was 20 and I don't know, I'm not that person anymore right now either. Yeah, I need to figure out who I am, who single me is now at 23 and who I'm going to be. And I got to become a, a whole person myself before my next relationship, hopefully, if I want that one to turn out good. So she also told me, because during a lot of my one hour session with her, I was feeling guilty about missing him because he hurt me and he betrayed me. And I kept saying things like, this is so stupid to say, but I just miss him. And she said, like, 
this is a grieving process. You, you lost someone who was so close to you, even though he left. It's basically like death. It's death of a person that you had in your life. And the grieving process, like, everyone knows, like, the stages of grief, right? I forget what they are, but it's commonly depicted as a linear process. And she says it is not. It is a roller coaster and it goes up and down and around and back and you you're angry and then you're depressed and then you miss him and then you hate him and then you you go into bargaining and you're like what if I did this what if this happened what if I did this then maybe it would have turned out different and then you go back to being angry and then you're sad and then finally eventually there's acceptance but then you might go back and every so often you'll think about it again and I definitely feel that. I definitely feel that. I feel like every day I feel like I'll wake up and I'll be sad. And then I'll think about it and I'll think like, what if I did this? And then maybe he would have stayed. Maybe if I did this. Or if only I hadn't done this. If only I hadn't gotten mad that he had texted that girl. Maybe he would have stayed. Or maybe he would have cheated on me. I don't know. And then I'm angry because he took advantage of me and I was stupid for for staying in it for so long. And then I think, oh, but he's not a bad guy. Like, I do know him. There is part of him that loved me and there is part of him that didn't love me and wanted out. My therapist said I just need to let myself feel the emotions. If I'm angry, she said I should go outside and chuck eggs at a tree i feel like that's a waste of eggs but maybe i'll do it and i'll get back to you and if i'm sad then you know lock myself in my room and eat a tub of ice cream because i'm grieving and it sucks and there's no way to fast forward it but this is the best you can do i wish i could fast forward it because i've never felt pain like this I didn't even know it was possible, but it's been three weeks and I can talk about it without crying for like almost an hour. I had so many people tell me within these past couple weeks that it's going to get easier and it sucks right now, but in like a month, a few months, you're not even going to think about it. And right now it just seems impossible. I don't know how. Like this pain and thinking about it takes up my whole life. And it takes up almost almost every second of every day I think about him. And I think about the whole situation. And even when I distract myself, like it's always there in the back of my mind. And it sucks. It sucks a lot. And I have friends who are going through breakups. I have friends who have been through breakups and are still broken about it. That's why I want to make this a series. Because everyone's been through a breakup. And if you haven't, you're lucky. And my breakup isn't the only type of breakup out there. So 
next couple episodes, I want to still talk about breakups. And I want to bring a guest star. You'll get different perspectives on different breakups. And they can tell their story and how they process it. Because not everyone's like me. I know that. Um, But if you are, you know, just know it does get better. You just have to suffer. Have you heard of those people who go into surgery and then the anesthesia doesn't work on them and they they're paralyzed they look like they're asleep but they still feel everything that is being done to them in surgery and they can't open their eyes they can't talk they can't let the doctor know that the anesthesia isn't working so then they just have no choice but to suffer until the end of the surgery and feel all the pain that's how I feel like I feel like no matter what I do to try to distract myself or feel the emotions like I can't there's no way out it's just a long dark corridor with a light at the end of the tunnel but I don't know how far that light is I don't know how long this corridor stretches for but I just got to keep walking and it is uphill this corridor is uphill and it is hard but day after day I think I do see progress I feel a lot better than I felt that first week and it's I'm going on week three in a week and a half it's gonna be a month then eventually it'll be two months it'll be three and then the pain will fade I think, I believe. I'm not ready for anyone new to come into my life. I have been um I have been on Tinder and talking to guys, but none of it I haven't met up with any of them. I can't even say that it was a positive experience for me because a lot of the time I would just it would bring me back to the fact that they don't know me like he does and we don't have conversations like I did with him. And they don't get my sense of humor. They don't, you know? And it just reminds me of the good things that I lost with him. My advice, I don't know if I can even give advice, but my advice is take it day by day. Do things that make you feel good. Whether it is going on Tinder, sometimes that did make me feel good. But sometimes it made me feel drained and sad. And those days, I just close the app. If you want to eat ice cream, at this point, honestly, I don't even care about my weight, getting fat, whatever. I I lost a lot of weight after this breakup in a short amount of time um, because I had no appetite and I just wanted to die, honestly. So I lost a lot of weight, so now I don't really feel guilty eating ice cream just straight out of the container when I feel like it or ordering a burrito when I want one because I as cheesy as it sounds I deserve it and you deserve it and you need to take care of yourself and you need to treat yourself as if you are your own friend and be compassionate and be patient and feel feel what you're going through if you're sad 
just be sad. But also don't indulge the overthinking. Don't try to think about what if this, what if that, because it is what it is and you're not going to change what happened. If you did get back together, obviously the problems would not be solved. So people just need time. They need time to figure themselves out and whether it ends up being a good outcome in terms of the two of you getting back together or it ends up, you know, you find people who are better for you than you were. You have to change. They have to change. You have to grow up and obviously it wasn't right at the time. So a couple weeks, a couple months is not going to change people. That amount of time doesn't change people. So you can't you can't expect that he's just going to come back. This is like I'm talking to myself now. You can't expect that he's just going to come back and everything's going to be fine because the relationship was not right for now. And maybe it'll be the right thing for the future, but right now you can't think about that. You just have to move on. And do you. And it'll get easier. It'll get easier, maybe not day by day, because, you know, sometimes it's one step forward, two steps back. Sometimes it's two steps forward, three steps back. (laughs) But in the end... I think week by week, it gets easier. And I'm still fresh. And coming from me, it's a little bit of a lie that I feel good. But I don't feel as bad as I felt, you know? And it's a long, dark, scary, uphill corridor. But if you look back, you'll see how much progress you've made. So just think about the journey. Think about how strong your calves are getting by walking this uphill corridor. Think about how strong you're getting, okay? This is your opportunity to fall back in love with yourself. Do things that you love. Whether it's things that you did with that person or it's things that you didn't do because that person didn't want to do them. Do it because you would like to do it. Become a better version of yourself. And just focus on you. I took a drive the other day by myself after school. And I drove for over an hour. And I listened to sad music. A sad playlist that my friend made for me. And I just indulged in the sad. And I cried. And then I felt better. I went home and I was still sad. And I ate ice cream. And then... I took a hot bath and I watched Fuller House on Netflix and then this morning I woke up and I felt better. And then maybe I'll feel worse tomorrow. But if you don't go through rough shit, how are you how are you going to become a person? You know? This is the mush stage. We are disintegrating into mush. But in the end, you know, this is important. This has to happen, and in the end, we're going to become butterflies. We are. I. It's hard for me to believe it right now, but we are. 
I hope this was helpful for you. Maybe send it to a friend. Help promote the podcast and help them feel better. Help them relate, commiserate in misery. 2020 sucks, but it's a new decade and we're going to become new, better people. Join me for the next episode with one of my friends and we're going to talk about their breakup. And maybe if you didn't relate to this one, maybe you'll relate to that one. You're going to be fine. See you next time in the mushroom.